Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Man, didn't that song just choke you up a little bit right there? That man, they did a great job leading us out today. And let's thank them. And happy Mother's Day to mom. Really, that song encapsulates what's what we really feel towards you. And you're a hero. So much of what you've done is has really impacted our life in a way that we can never fully say thank you enough. And so today we celebrate you as we make much of Jesus together. We celebrate mom today. Now I want to say this, you know, just to pull from a typical uh, mom day, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I, was, I was on my way home on a Thursday afternoon, left the church office, and was on my way home, and my job that day was to pick up Sadie and take her to karate. Now, if you were at our women's conference, you heard Erin share a little bit of this uh, with you guys. She did such a good job, by the way. I, me and my son snuck in, yeah, me and my son snuck in back here and, and, and listened to her as she, for the first time, uh, man, shared the gospel and, and had a chance to share with our ladies. Just so proud of her. But, but I remember a couple weeks ago, my job was to take Sadie to karate. And I got home, and Sadie wasn't quite ready. I looked near the kitchen table, and there was my wife holding my son who had a fever. Uh, that seems to be just what we do nowadays in our home is we just have fevers for fun, and she's holding him. Sadie's getting ready. I go kiss the other kids in the living room. When I got back towards the kitchen, I began to smell death and all things dying, okay? You, you see, right before I got home, Avery asked Mama, hey, Mama, can I have a, a mac and cheese cup? And so what you do is you take the lid off and you pour water in there. You put it in for like three and a half minutes and, and life is good. But, but Avery did not put water in the macaroni and cheese cup. And so when I walked back in the kitchen, I saw pouring from this the gates of hell, right? In the microwave. And then there was fire, there was smoke everywhere. And, and Aaron had gone upstairs to get some medicine. I was like, man, everybody, get out of the house, right? We're going to choose life here. Get out of the house. And, and so everybody's running out of the house. Well, uh, Chloe, who's my blonde hair, blue-eyed daughter, she's sitting right back there. Uh, she had no shoes on. And so she starts running towards that, that front door, and she slips in something. Apparently, the fumes made my dog sick, and the dog threw up at the door. And so Chloe's going, I got, I got to throw up on my feet. Who cares? Get outside and we get everybody outside. And anyway, we, we get the fire out and everything that happens. And, and I decided then I need to leave. Like, I, I need to go as quickly as possible. So I got Sadie, and we went to karate. And I remember driving home going, should we go back home? I like, should should we even go there? So let's just stop on the way from Seymour to Sevier and find a hotel, right? Just, just spend the night out. I'm scared of going home. And then I go home. I mean, the kids are all showered up. They've been fed something other than a macaroni cup. And they're laughing with mom and, and cutting off. I thought, that's just a perfect picture of mom. Just in the chaos of everyday life as a mom, she is the calm to any storm in the life of our family. So mom, thank you for being that. And listen, when you're not perfect, sometimes you forget to tell the kids, put water in your macaroni and cheese cup. But that's okay. You may not be perfect, but you're perfect for us. And thank you, mom, for all that you do. And you know, I want to say this about today. 
It's okay to be sad on Mother's Day, too. I want you to hear me say that. It's okay to be sad on Mother's Day, too. Some of y'all, your mom's with Jesus today, and you miss her. It's okay. Uh, For some of you, when it comes to to Mother's Day, you want to be a mom. But physically, it's just not happening. Maybe you've lost a child and and Mother's Day will never be the same for you. Or maybe you had someone who bore the title of mother but really did not play the part well. And I just want you to know that it is okay to be sad today because you are seen by your Heavenly Father who loves you and cares for you and knows the very reasons why today may be a little sad and a little hard but all the joy that we get to come to a heavenly father who's willing today to bring you peace, even in the midst of heart. So happy Mother's Day. Thank you for, thank you for being here. I want, us to, I want us to go back and just really wonder what happened last week, just to, to sit and wonder what Jesus did on that hillside overlooking the sea of Galilee. Jesus provides this spontaneous picnic and what he did with that little boy's Jewish lunchable. Fed 5,000 men, countless other women and children. What an incredible sight to see. All with just two fish, five barley loaves. What a miracle. Jesus creating something out of, out of nothing. Only God can do that. By the way, I'm not just impressed the crowd that day was pretty impressed with what Jesus did. Watch this in John 6, 15. Uh, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come, now watch this, and make him king by force. I'm waiting for my family to do this, right? But I mean, Jesus gets it after a picnic, make him king by force. He withdrew again to a mountain, the Bible says, by himself. Jesus is at the height of his popularity here in John chapter 6. You know what? They intended to make him king because he filled their stomachs. But Jesus came not to fill our stomachs, but to feed and to free and to pour out his favor on our souls. But I want us to move today from the crowds who were willing to make him king to the disciples who must have seen some type of spiritual high that day. Now, while they didn't understand everything, the Gospel of Mark teaches us that. We understand this, that yet again, they see and witness Jesus do the impossible among thousands of people. Yet again, Jesus is doing the impossible. Must have been a a mind-blowing moment, a spirit-stirring moment for the disciples. And I love this because after this supernatural Super spiritual moment for the disciples. You know what Jesus does? He sends them into the storm. He sends them into the storm. Now listen, I love storms. I'm the guy who sits outside on the porch, and I love watching lightning bounce near me, right, and just strike anywhere. I love a storm. I didn't always love a storm. And I give a lot of credit to that to mama because I'm going to tell you something. Ain't nobody like a mama gets you scared about a storm. I remember when I was a kid, we'd be playing outside, and mom would hear a rumble of thunder from Florida, right? And she'd be like, she'd step outside the door and go, get, get in the 
house. It's lining outside. You're going to die. I knew a kid once who was playing outside with his brothers, and he died because the light would get inside the house. Man, so we'd run inside the house, and when the storm would hit two days later, we would sit there in the house, and you know what? Man, well, at first, I always loved doing this because I couldn't be outside. I'd go to the window, and I'd open the blinds, and I'd watch the storm. That is until Mama came in the room. Why, why'd you open them blinds? Put them blinds down. You know that lightning can come through windows and can kill you. And I'm like, but these little cheap plastic blinds are going to stop. Like, yes, it will. I knew a boy once who was standing near a window, and lightning struck him. All right, Mama, I'm going to put the blinds down. And, and then, you know, we'd just been outside playing, and so I'm going to go get a shower. So I go get in the shower, turn on the shower. Mama comes banging on the door. What are you doing in the shower? Mama, I'm taking a shower. No, let you get out of there. Lightning can strike the ground, get in those water lines, come all the way through to our tub and through the shower. It will kill you. I knew a boy once who was skilled. All right, Mama. So I'm in a towel. That's how typically you go. And so, you know what? Call and check in. I'm a girlfriend. So I go to the wall and I take off that receiver. And y'all remember them cords that you could stretch all the way from one side of your house to the other and then walk outside six times and then that phone cord go everywhere? How you doing? And everything was good. Just checking out. It's a storm outside. I just want to check in on you. And here comes Mama. What are you doing on the phone? Can I raise you better? Don't you know that lightning can hit the telephone wires and come all the way through that six-mile cord, go right in your brain and kill you? I know a boy. <laughs> you mamas are pretty good liars. You know, hey, look, ain't nobody know that many kids get killed by lightning. And one thing, but man, I'm going to tell you something. The truth is, is that, and there's those atmospheric storms that can be dangerous. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more dangerous storms that we face in life. And so I wonder that by the time we end our time together in the Word, I wonder if you and I can learn from our moms what it is to say, thank you, Jesus, for the storm. Thank you, Jesus, for the storm. Here they had a spiritual high, and now Jesus sends them to the storm, into a storm. And I want to remind you of something. And real quick, like right off the top here, there is this, this false prosperity gospel out there that says, hey, listen, if you're in Jesus, you have enough faith. All he ever does is send you into sunshine and rainbows. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to learn in John chapter 6 that that is not the case. We're going to, we're going to learn from our own experience now, Jesus doesn't always send us into sunshine. Sometimes he'll send us right into the very heart of a storm. Listen, you ready? Not to destroy us, but to disciple us. Not to terrify us, but to teach us more about himself. Not to sink us, but to continue his work in saving us. And we see all of that here. In John chapter 6. Now, when it comes to the atmospheric storms, I'm going to let the National Weather Service uh, get you guys storm ready. But when it comes to the storms of life, 
There is only one who can get a storm ready. Only one who can help you and I weather the storm. And it's the Jesus we find in John chapter 6. There's three types of people in the room. You have been through one of life's storms. You are in one of life's storms. Or you soon will be in one of life's storms. I get to think and say, well, Anthony, what is... What do these life storms look like? What is it that I need to be storm ready for? Well, I got to thinking of some of the life storms we know. There's spiritual storms. There's marital storms. There's relationship storms. There's mental health storms. There's a storm of addiction, the storm of temptation, the storm of loneliness, the, the storm of persecution. And watch this, you ready? On and on and on. There's so many storms. You know, believers, the reason why so many of us sink in the storms is simply because we're not storm ready. And so let's talk today what it looks like to be storm ready. Hey, number one, here's your first step. Know for a fact that Jesus does not abandon us. He will not abandon you in the storm. I love this in verse 16. Watch as this unfolds here on the Sea of Galilee. When evening came the same day that Jesus fed the 5,000, his disciples went down to the lake. The lake, speaking of the Sea of Galilee. Where they got into a boat, they set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark. Doesn't everything just seem to get a little worse at dark? And Jesus had not yet joined them. Hey, I love John including this here because you know what? You know what that tells me? Something exciting is going to happen in the next few verses. A strong wind was blowing, and the Bible says that the waters, they grew rough. Now, let me set the backdrop for you. Ready? It is dark. In Matthew's gospel, as he speaks of this very event, we know it's in the fourth watch of the night. Somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., they are out on this lake. And not only that, from the text we realize this, that they have been rowing for six hours against a storm the disciples are they're exhausted from a long day of serving the crowd that record-breaking crowd and really exhausted from a long night of rowing in fact we learn in verse 19 watch this by this point in a storm they had rowed about three or four miles now the sea of galilee about 13 miles from north to south about seven miles east to west and so they're halfway in their journey, battling the storm to the Capernaum side of the Sea of Galilee, and they are spent. And remember, they're, they're in the dark, and they're in a storm. Matthew's gospel says this, that in Matthew 14, 24, that they were buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it, meaning the boat they were in. Guys, they were fighting against the storm and the wind. This is a, this is a serious, potentially deadly confluence of events. Understand something about the Sea of Galilee. It's a lake, but it is 700 feet below sea level. When the cold winds would come down, off the northern slopes, off the northern mountains. And they would rush down into the lake area. They would displace a whole lot of warm, moist air. And the result being a violent storm that would churn the waters. This was one such storm. If the boat they were in were to capsize, someone were to fall into the water, they most certainly die. 
And we begin to see they're out in the middle of this lake, only halfway there after hours of rowing. The situation is dire and might soon turn deadly. But hear me, this isn't the only time these boys got in trouble on a lake. Back in Mark chapter 4, we read another account where the disciples are on our boat, but this time Jesus is in the boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee. It's daytime, and another terrible storm develops over top of them. Jesus, who was sleeping in the boat, would be awakened. And you know what he would do immediately? He calmed the storm. But it's in the Gospel of Mark, this other time where they got in trouble on the Sea of Galilee, that we begin to see and realize their greatest fear out on the water in a storm. And that greatest fear, as they woke Jesus up, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? If we drown, and they were terrified of drowning out on that lake, terrified of it, going under the water, never to resurface again. You know, I was out on the lake uh, a couple years ago, and, and one of my buddies, he's a former youth worker of mine at Valley Grove, and and he's now a TWRA agent. We were out there on pontoon boats, and he comes, and he, he begins to talk to us out there. And, and uh, he said, man, let me tell you something crazy. We had our dogs out on the pontoon boat with us. He said, one time, we got a call in from a pontoon boat that said that their dog was missing on the lake. And so when they arrived at the scene, what they learned is, is this couple had purchased a, a bulldog. And the dad decided he wanted to see if the bulldog could swim. And so he dropped the bulldog from the pontoon boat into the water. And that bulldog sank to the bottom of the lake because bulldogs don't swim. You know what? That's called a dad fail, right? <laughs> Mama ain't throwing him in the water. Mama knows better. But daddy throws him in. Hey, listen, the disciples are fearful of going, by the way, of the bulldog. That once they get in the water, man, they will never come out. But you see, the storm was different in Mark chapter 4. They had already, already gone through this storm. They woke Jesus up. It was in the daytime, and he calmed the storm. But in John chapter 6, this storm blew up over them at night. Jesus was nowhere to be found until verse 19. It says that when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat. Like, can we just stop here for a minute? It's dark, how did they see him? And this is weird. This is outside the norm. You, you, I begin to ask the question, did Jesus do here what he did earlier when he fed the 5,000s? Did he just out of nothing create one of these, which is a skeeter, fishing boat, ZXR20 with a 250 Yamaha on it and say, you know what, I'm going to catch up with the boys. That's what I'd have done. And just so you know, Aaron, Father's Day coming up. Anyway, hey, is that what Jesus did? Now, hey, listen, the text says no. The text describes us that Jesus is walking on the water. And then we read this next little part. And they were frightened. Really? Man, no kidding. Remember what they were facing out there. They're in the dark, in a terrible storm, on a lake, where with every flash of lightning, they catch a glimpse 
of somebody, a figure, walking toward them. Guys, I'm going to tell you, just at face value, that's terrifying. It's terrifying. Hey, remember this, up until that point in history, no one had walked on water. None of the disciples were taught as little boys of these Old Testament saints who walked out on the water to rescue a small boat in a storm. They never heard of it. Why had they never heard of it? You ready? Because nobody can walk on water. It's just physically impossible for anybody to walk on the water. So you know what they figured? While a person can't walk on the water... A spirit can hover on it. Better yet, a ghost can ride them waves. And they were terrified. The gospel of Matthew, they said, look. They cried out, it's a ghost. So we got exhausted boys. It's dark. They're not only going through a storm, but they're afraid of dying. And now they have to deal with a ghost that's walking towards them. You know what I would think if I were in the boat? Great! What else can go wrong? Now, I'm going to tell you something. In the storms of life, sometimes you start asking that question, don't you? (laughs) Great. What else can go wrong? Can this get any worse? Hey, can I stop for a moment and just give a shout-out to mom real quick, to the mamas in the room? You know what those boys needed in that boat, don't you? They needed a mama. Because let me tell you what she'd have on there. That mom would have life jackets on that boat. She'd have a weather radio. She'd make sure there was sunscreen just in case the sun came up. That mom would have had goldfish and Capri Suns for everybody on the boat, and everything would have been okay, but there was no mama on that boat. And so Jesus had to get to that boat. And he does so by walking on water. I want you to imagine with me on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, Miles away from where the disciples are in the middle of the lake. There Jesus at ground zero of where he had fed the 5,000 looks at the very water he made with just his words and commands of that water, you bear my weight. And as he took his first step out on the Sea of Galilee, The water obeyed and bowed to Jesus and bore his weight. Step after step after step as he met the disciples out on the water. In verse 20, he would say to them, It is I. That phrasing in the Greek language translates ego emi, literally, It is, I am. Now wait a second. That is the name of the one true God in the Old Testament. Jesus saying, hey, don't you be afraid because I am. Because I am. And soon we begin to see that as Jesus walks out on the water, that this is no ghost approaching them, hovering over the water, but that it is God, the great I am in the flesh who is walking on the water towards them. I want to remind you this. The power of the storm is no match to the presence of Jesus. Storm-ready step number one that we find here in John chapter 6, that Jesus does not abandon us 
in the storm. He will walk on the water of a storm if he has to, to get to you and to get to me. I love the passage in Isaiah that reminds us of the Father's love for us. And see how this language ties in. Watch this in Isaiah 43. Do not fear, this is the Lord speaking. For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Hey boys, it is me, the I Am. You don't have to be afraid of this old storm. Remember this when you go through the storms of life. Remember the very hope of the gospel is that your lifeguard walks on water. And he'll do so in any storm you and I face. Here's a storm-ready tip number two. Here's our next step. You ready? We need to realize that in the storm, everything we fear is under his feet. Everything we fear is under his feet. Hey, can I tell you what storms are good at? Storms are really good at convincing you that you're all alone, that you're uncared for, that God is is nowhere to be found, and that you will never get out of the storm. And yet in John chapter 6, we find Jesus who joins them in the storm to remind them and to remind us, you are never alone, that I care for you and I'm near you. And this storm will not overtake you. I love this, the author of Hebrews. He writes, never will I leave you, says the Lord. Never will I forsake you. So we say this with confidence. Confidence in life, confidence even in a storm. That the Lord, watch this, is my helper. I will not be afraid. Now now catch me here, you ready? We saw earlier the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, that what the disciples feared the most that night was going into the water, being battered by the wind in the dark during the storm. And as Jesus approached them walking on the water, think of this, everything they feared the most was under his feet. Even the water The waves obeyed him and bowed to Jesus. Let me ask you this. In the storms of life, what is it in the water that has you so afraid? What is it in the water that that fills you with worry and anxiety? What is it in the water that convinces you you're not going to make it? Out of this storm. Remember this. No matter what it is in the water that makes the list. It's under his feet. That when the spiritual storm or the the marital storm comes. The relationship storms. The mental health storms. The storm of addiction. The storm of temptation. The storm of loneliness. The storm of persecution. No matter the storm. Everything you and I fear are under the feet of Jesus. Meaning this, that you and I find ourselves under his care. And through him, 
We are storm readied. We are prepared to weather whatever storm of life comes our way. Um, back when I was in college, man, we used to wakeboard a lot. We had a buddy with a wakeboarding boat. And man, the entire summer, we'd work outside of his, his marina. We'd go wakeboarding. Man, we loved it. Um, then I got married. I never wakeboarded again. Anyway, hey, um, so we wakeboarded a lot, and we got, we'd get on the water. We had a buddy who'd come out and join us. And man, he just blew my mind. I remember the first day he came out and joined us. He, he said, hey, listen, we got done wakeboarding. I think it was me. I just got done. I was getting back in the boat. We were in the main channel, like 100 feet of water. And he goes, hey, hey, guys, can we, uh, can we drive down just a, a little shallower water? Can we go into shallower water? I was like, to do what? He goes, I want to wakeboard in shallow water. All right. So we, we began to head towards shallow water. He was sitting near me. I remember going, dude, why, why do you want to wakeboard in shallow water? What does it matter? He goes, because in the deep water, I can drown. You can drown in 10 feet of water, right? You can drown in 2 feet of water. And there's this irrational fear that he had that the deeper the water, the more chance he had to drown. And man, it terrified him. And so, man, we'd wakeboard. We had to go in the shallow parts of the lake just so he could wakeboard. It just made no sense to me. Hey, honestly, in storms, the amount of irrational fear that rises up in us sometimes makes absolutely no sense. But let me tell you what does make sense. That when we are in the storm, that you and I can trust that everything we fear the most is under the feet and under the control of Jesus. And when we're convinced of that, when we know that to be true, catch this, you ready? That storm cannot drown you. You are unsinkable. Because of your faith in Jesus. Storm ready. Step number three is right here. You ready? We must trust that Jesus will bring you and me through the storm. Verse 21. Watch this. And then they, meaning the disciples, after seeing Jesus walk on water to them and say, Don't worry, it's the I am here. Don't be afraid. They were willing to take him in the boat. No kidding. No kidding. And immediately, watch this, a second miracle. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. In the matter of a moment, Jesus brings their vessel miles to the shore in the midst of a storm that we're not certain he just merely sent away. Immediately they are on the shore. You, you know what the key of this story is? That when they were in the storm, you know what they really needed to do? Was to invite Jesus into the boat. Invite Jesus into their storm. And trust Him to bring them through the storm. Hey, so many times we hunker down in our boat, in our storm. Man, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to do this my way. And before we know it, we are in trouble and we are lost at sea. And disciples say, you know what, Jesus? I'm going to invite you into my boat. You can get us through this storm. And the Bible says immediately he does that. Can I tell you something? Jesus will get you through the storm 
However, he may not take that storm away. He may not calm it right away, but here's what he'll do. He'll calm you in the midst of the storm. Jesus, we must trust him to bring us through this storm. And you know who's really good at reminding us of that? Mom. Every mom in this room have gone through storms. They've gone through storms. And they survived those storms. And you know what they do with little boys like me as I'm growing up? They remind you, hey, just so you know, I've been in that storm. And Jesus never abandoned me there. You know what? I, I've known a storm like that. I want you to remember that everything you fear is under his feet. And you know what? Son, no matter the storm you're going through, Jesus will always get you through. Just let him in the boat. Let him in your life. Invite him in to your storm. I know the story of a woman who doesn't walk on water all the time, but could. Born into an immigrant family in New York City, first generation out of Ellis Island. As a little girl, the first storm she was introduced to was at the hands of a dad who did not treat her well or right. And whatever you want to infer there, yes. That storm continued as a little girl into at best what was a strained relationship with her mom and what is a big family. A lot of her childhood was spent really in the heart of a storm, a storm she didn't create, but a storm she was forced to try to weather. Many times she felt like she would sink. Physically over the years, she knew some storms there from being hit by a car causing severe injury to three miscarriages and trying to build a family to autoimmune diseases that just makes life really hard. But the worst storm she ever faced was the day she neared her 25th wedding anniversary. Her husband left her. Her happily ever after was not happy and it was done. The storm of loneliness, despair, the storm of feeling like she's not enough, and the storm of, of that fear that would rise up in her was almost too much for her. But in the midst of the greatest storm she'd ever known, she was reminded that Jesus doesn't and didn't abandon her there. That even her greatest fear in those moments of uncertainty were under his feet. And no matter the storm that was before her, the storm she found herself in, she knew that Jesus could get her through. And so today, she has 12 beautiful grandkids, three sons who are pastors, of whom I'm one. And every day I watch my mom. If 
fighting in a storm she never created. Borrowing from last week's message real quick, she wakes up every day and she picnics with Jesus. She says, hey, Jesus, here's my lunch. Here's my life and my love and my loyalty and my longings. Here's my lunch, Jesus. Do with it what you wish. And I watched my mom teach us a lesson. Uh, sometimes on anniversaries and in hard days, I'll, uh, I'll say to mama, and I'm sorry for that storm. I wish I could fix it. If I could go back and get my mom and dad back together, guys, I'm telling you, I'd do it. It's the hardest storm I've ever faced. But I'll talk to mom and I'll say, I'm sorry for the storm. And you know what she'll do? She'll say, I'm not. And she'll say, because of this storm, I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been. I know more about him than I ever have. Thank you, Jesus, for this storm. Only mamas can teach a lesson like that. You do it so good. And so today we learn from John chapter 6. We learn from mom that in the storm he never abandons us. Isn't it good? He'll walk on the water if he has to to get to us. That everything we fear my mom's fear of being lonely, my mom's fear of financials, my mom's fear of what it'll do to us and, and how it affect everybody else. Listen, all of that was under the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is getting my mom through this storm. So many years later. He didn't, he didn't take it from her. But he sure is taking her through it. And so today... Maybe, just maybe, we can learn to thank Him for the storm. Let's pray together, can we? As we pray together, I want to I do something I did with the first service. and I know i got to get you to lunch at um, the Golden Corral, but here, look, here's what I did in the first service. I wonder how many people in the room say, Anthony, you know what? I have been through one of those storms of life. Can you raise your hand? And thank you, most of us. Hey, hey, put them down. Hey, let me ask you this. Who in the room would say, hey, Pastor Anthony, I am in one of those storms of life right now. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, dozens of you. And thank you. Maybe for some reason, you've not really been through a storm or you're not in one now. Listen, you live long enough, it's coming. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I say that to prepare you so that you are storm ready with what we know of Jesus here in John 6 and what Mama's taught us. So I want you to hear me. Today, I want you to name your storm. What is the storm you've known? And if you've already been through that storm and Jesus has gotten you through, hey, listen, right now ought to be a moment for the believer to worship and to thank Him for getting you through the storm. If your storm is now, then be reminded of the text today. Be reminded by mamas everywhere.
that Jesus will never abandon you in your storm. Everything you fear in that storm is under his feet. And he will. Not that he might, but he will. Not a hope so, but if you honor him in his word, if you choose your heart, and that heart is to follow what Jesus would desire, hear me, he will get you through your storm. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.